Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Just a reminder, tickets are still available for our conference May 22nd through the 25th in Grafton, Illinois. We would love to see you there. It's going to be amazing. It's right around the corner. You can find all the information you need at journeytotruthcon.com. There's four-day passes, one-day passes, live stream passes. If you feel compelled to come hang out, come hang out. We're looking forward to meeting everyone there. It's going to be amazing. And uh, the on-site lodging is sold out, as many of you know, but there is camping on site if you want to camp. The weather should be beautiful. There are Airbnbs and hotels nearby. So uh, if if there's a will, there's a way. Come out and we'd love to see you there. Hopewell Farm CBD. Guys, if you're looking to try a new CBD, I highly recommend Hopewell Farm. On April 20th, they will be doing a 420 sale, 20% off all of their products. But until then, you can get 10% off all of their products with promo code Journey to Truth 10, I think. If I'm wrong about that promo code, it's in the <laughs> description below. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but I honestly, guys, I highly recommend it. But what I recommend even more, they have a skin salve um, that's amazing for like things like poison ivy or eczema or any skin condition. It works incredible. There's nothing better, I think, for um, a topical ointment. They have some really next level products and very clean products. So Hopewell Farm CBD. Uh, 10% off all their products. Journey to Truth 10. Tonight, we are joined by Megan Rose. This is a long-awaited interview. I've been wanting to have Megan on the show for a long time. And we're going to cover all the controversial topics. Trump, Q, 17, oops, Elon Musk, <laughs> SpaceX, the Galactic <laughs> Federation, uh, time travel, you know, all the, all the interesting stuff. I really want to get into what's happening right now get some updates from Megan and just have an amazing conversation. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm yes. in the hot seat. <laughs> You're in the hot seat. Yeah. But yeah, it has been a long time coming. Yes, exactly. Um, so, I mean, a lot of our audience knows who you are already. If you want to briefly run through how you got here, you can, you know, your story. If not, we can just hit the ground running and just talk about some current stuff that's up to you, but I'll turn it over to you, let you introduce yourself, and then we'll go from there. Well, I have a YouTube channel. My name's Megan. Um, I talk about the Galactic Federation. I wrote a book, Welcome to the Future. And uh, yeah, so I um, sometimes give information on behalf of extraterrestrials and other times talk about spiritual topics. And yeah, that's kind of what I do. Perfect. Nice, Amazing. short and sweet. Um, okay, so let's talk about the, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, I guess you would call okay. them. So there's so much controversy around this. There's a lot of people out there trying to say that there is no Galactic Federation. It's a reptilian psyop or it was created by Satanist or it's all virtual reality. Deep, or deep state psyop. Right, deep state yeah. psyop. Um, I personally don't agree with that. Obviously, I think there are, there is miso, misinfo and disinfo and uh, psyops out there to steer people in the wrong direction yeah. and mislead them. And people, when people learn about that, they throw the baby out with the bathwater and like, Oh, nope, it's all fake. There's no federation. Uh, so maybe you can just give us our audience who might not know, obviously most people do, but a lot of people don't know who the federation is and what their mission is and why they're here helping us and how they're helping us. And then we can get into some details after that. Well, I think that that's like a good point. There's been so much, information or disinformation on what the federation actually is and 
there are so many different stories and some people call it the galactic federation of light which i won't say is wrong either it's just semantics different words we're using but um some people view it as a spiritual organization like they're spiritual beings or spirit guides that don't necessarily have bodies that are channeling and giving advice or spiritual advice and then there's some people that believe it's a military and so from my like with real extraterrestrials and real physical bodies and my experience is that they are real a real military with that are extraterrestrials in bodies that are spiritually evolved because they have spirits and everything but are living a physical reality so um so that's kind of my my definition of it right so how are they helping us like what is that what is their mission like why are so many why is there such a controversy around the galactic federation well the galactic federation works with the same um group of u.s military that created the letter 17 um using timeline technology and they, when our planet was infiltrated or tricked into signing agreements with the Greys and the reptilians to infiltrate our government, they came and evaluated and said, we need to intervene here because if we get taken over by Greys and reptilians, then it's going to affect the rest of the galaxy and it's going to be bad for us. They could create a military stronghold from the earth moon and mars and really take try and take the galaxy over so the federation it's not really a rescue mission but they we're a, a lesser evolved or our technology has been suppressed so we can't defend ourselves from a huge military force so they decided to say hey we're going to make alliances with the US navy to come in and clean up the underground and kick these ETs out and help them evolve, give them technology so that they can defend, defend themselves. And um, so, so yeah, that's their involvement with planet earth. So they're not really like spirit guides are here in the presence to give us spiritual information or be channeled as a spiritual entity, but more as a military. However, you might, be connected to someone who has a job in the military, who's part of your star family, and they'll kind of give you like advice on what to, you know, how to live your life or, or whatever. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And so this is the next question. Where do they reside? If they are here, are they, what do their ships look like? Can you give any details like that? So they have a space station in the planet in the orbit of planet Earth, and they are made up of a, a bunch of different races. So there'll be there's beings from Sirius. A lot of the military is made up from or at least the pilots um, is made up from races from the Pleiades. Not all of them. Not every race from the Pleiades is good, but some of them. Um, and so they come from their home planet. And they're part of the Federation and they reside at a space station in in the orbit of planet Earth for their tour here, or for their service here. And um, there are ships. It depends on the race. Um, I can speak from Valnek's perspective. Valnek has an implant to interface with his ship 
and it allows him to make really super quick lightning fast decisions of how to move the ship and if if he needs to use weapons and his ship is kind of shaped some of them are circular some of them are scout ships that are like circular shaped his is actually like have you ever seen the space force logo mm-hmm. well of course you have yeah. it's it's yeah. shaped like that um it's shaped like that and a, and a lot of a lot of the ships are that shape kind of pointed and then come out like that like like a v almost yeah like a v yeah like a v. Mm-hmm. and the star trek the star trek logo the same thing they have a similar logo so it's consciously controlled basically like the these it's a higher density technology right yeah and, yeah and, and i guess so that would be do you have to be in like a specific type of chair for that to work um on the craft or is it just you don't have to be but the the pilot's chair in valnick ship it's like doesn't use seat belts like you just sit in i don't know what kind of technology is it is but we don't have it here (laughs) and you kind of just sit in there and then it's like molds around your body and kind of like locks you in but almost like you're floating on a cloud kind of like tempurpedic but way more comfortable like that it's like you're not even sitting so um so that's the the chair on his ship and it's higher density technology and that technology has been suppressed from us from the malevolent extraterrestrials because they don't want us to get strong and and defeat them and so the federation started working with the u.s navy to create ships to actually defend ourselves and, and help us that way but their ships can go from six density um and but usually they're in 5d but they can um they can shift into a higher density or shift into a lower density depending on how um the situ what the situation is in war and and stuff like that so would they ever lower their density to come here and appear as a helicopter or something of that nature I don't think the ship can shift into a helicopter form, but it can be cloaked. They can shift down into this density and then cloak it. But I don't think that they would really do that for that long of a period of time because it would be a safety issue or could be a safety issue. Um, But that's my best guess. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like we just did an episode about UFOs and black helicopters. And I'm just wondering, like, um, you know, is it always negative when you see if a black helicopter or could it just be? I think I think it's those are mostly negative right. for psychological reasons. They do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because right. why would the positive show up as a helicopter or something? You know, well, it doesn't just, really make sense. just to just to like cloak themselves. I mean, I don't know. But, but they could just cloak normally. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, unless, make, you know. Right. But unless they were trying to get your attention, you know, I don't know. It, uh, it's, yeah. It's anyone's True. guess. Um, you, you never know, right? Right. So I take, saying, a, I take a cloaked ship over a black helicopter any day. That's right. Awesome. Right. Um, but they or or, or just uncloak as their normal ship, and if they're trying to get your attention, so you right. Oh wow, there's they're, they're technically in accordance with their laws. They're not allowed to show us their technology because it's interfering with our perception of our reality. It's too much, um, too much interference. They're not allowed to reveal advanced technology to us. So if yeah. someone from the Federation is doing that, they're breaking, they're breaking the rules, and. Yeah. Maybe 
rules in the past, but technically they're not allowed to do that. Mm, yeah, that's what I've that's what I've heard people say that when you when the people that see a craft, it's like they're kind of like going rogue and doing that against yes. the laws, so to speak. Like apparently the Phoenix Lights incident in 97 what supposedly i've heard people say that was like a group that went rogue and they were trying to they were tired of like they're like oh if if we just show you know up in a big way it'll wake people up and they'll know but of course that's not really what it, you know tens of thousands of people saw it and said hey that was something unexplainable or some alien craft or something but then what did the the military and the media do oh that was just military flares nothing to see here move along and then mm -hmm. still didn't really accomplish anything but that, apparently that was a group that went rogue against the the rules apparently yeah so technically technically that's a fireable offense <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to do that <laughs> interesting it yeah it's like it doesn't mean it doesn't happen like like i said there's the Envoy program, Starseed Envoys. So they have a body in a pod waiting on a home planet. And they came here and chose a human incarnation. And when they go back, the spirit will go back to that body. So they might have family members on planet Earth and they might just want to break the rules. No one will find out kind of thing unless you go on the Internet and tell someone. <laughs> but no. uh, yeah. The Envoy program is interesting to me because I've I've heard the concept. It's been made. I've been made aware of um, the concept that some of these Federation members, when they incarnate here as star seeds to do the you know, job from the inside out, they don't really they underestimate the potency of the amnesia, and they don't actually. They might not remember that they are a member of the Federation even in that lifetime, and then they'll get accidentally stuck in the reincarnation cycle here until they remember. And it's not like this easy mission, like, oh, they just come here with all this memory. What would you say about that? Would you agree with that? I think that definitely, I think that some people remember because it's part of their life path or because they're deciding I want to have full memory. I think some people are not meant to remember because it wouldn't serve them like where they're at like maybe you're a doctor i can give this an example because i was i was a nurse i couldn't go to work and be like hey you know the illness or the pandemic is bs because the aliens told me so right <laughs> so you might be a doctor who gets inspired or who is being guided or who has memory of doing things or working on genetic programs on a different planet and you're going to have that knowledge and bring it here, but you're not going to say, I, this is my memory from being on a different planet because it's not the normal people aren't going to accept you and it's not going to be in service to what you're doing. So I don't think everyone is meant to remember everything. Also, it's extremely people. And I think we do this in the UFO community is kind of obsess over ETs but they're not really in this reality yet, right? So it's important to be grounded. And I think it can be really kind of distracting too to what's actually in front of you. But I would agree, yes, harder. And I think everyone born, it can say like life is a little bit harder than I thought it was gonna be. Mm -hmm. And the reptilian reincarnation matrix, the Federation got rid of that, that was on the moon. I know in the past, 
there's the Council of Five or the Orion Council that started tagging people, like giving people etheric implants so that they wouldn't, um, they could be protected. Because I know the reptilians went all over the planet and put like, um, it's an implant that works kind of like a magnet. So when the soul stepped out of the body, it was sucked into, it's like quantum resonance. It works, it's like Tesla technology and gets sucked into that matrix. And then they could manipulate the the lives and the narratives on planet earth that way. And one last thing before I stop talking. <laughs> no, keep going. There, there's some people that would say, well, Megan, we live in a free will universe. How is that free will? On a really high level, if you if your soul got sucked into that matrix or whatever happened, you chose it on an extremely high level. And we get confused about spirituality and extraterrestrials. They are also living a physical reality and have and are separated from source too. But what binds us all together is source consciousness. And so everything truly is a choice, you know, all of it. On some level, our higher self or a version of us has made that decision as contracts. You know, that make that's a good point. Yeah. Like, for example, I'll use Valneck as an example, who's in 5D. The reptilians are enemies of the Federation or the Draco reptilians are enemies. And he recognizes them as an enemy because they are a threat to the physical reality. But on an extremely high level, they're not a threat to his soul or to his spirituality or on any and on any level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the 3D construct, you know, of the, yeah. everything's kind of black and white, fight or flight, you know. Um, so then it is a threat to this existence, to the human experience. But beyond that, like, we're so much more. Right. Um, okay, so I want to talk about the implants. But before that, I want to go back to the 17 operation and how the Federation and the Navy um, and this time travel technology, quantum technology, whatever is tied in with that. A lot of people think the entire operation was a psyop and never happened, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the theories. I just think nobody actually knows. People just want their theory to be right. You know, people want to play gotcha and feel like they're, you know, better than someone else, whatever. But what can you tell us about that operation and who's behind it as far as you know? So, you know, the the bad ETs infiltrated our government. The Federation approached the U.S. Navy and said, hey, we have this timeline technology where we can help help you plan military events and events with political leaders and war to help you win this extraterrestrial invasion and this war. And so the U.S. Navy said, yes, we're going to go with you guys. You're going to offer us advanced technology. And we're basically going. That's why it's called the plan to save the world. And so it's a U. The letter 17 is a U.S. Naval intelligence operation. and. Um, Am I am I giving intel on behalf of the letter 17? No, because I'm not in the US Navy. You can't run an intel op from the Federation or from, from anywhere unless you're part of a military unless you're a mil member of their military, right? So um, but they approached them, the US Navy agreed. And so it's the technology itself. 
I don't know if I would call it time travel technology. I would call it timeline technology where they're able to use math equations, extraterrestrial math, quant, we call it quantum, but I think it's because it's advanced and we can't understand how it works. <laughs> but um, but they use math equations to predict certain events or predict the outcomes of certain events and and where to go and what to do and how to strategize um, their military. So I don't know if it's time travel technology, but it can predict the future or predict certain outcomes. And so what I know about that is that that's been successful. And that's why they say nothing can stop what's coming. The best is yet to come. The war has the war is won before, you know, we know about it um, because they have predicted and and been successful at getting us onto a certain timeline that leads to the liberation of humanity. And that is also how they are. So they know when we're going to have contact with extraterrestrials. They know when the big rollout of real disclosure is going to happen. So they're never going to say, the Federation is never going to say, oh, we're coming or any uh, extraterrestrial race is going to say, hey, we're coming to contact humanity in a month and then it never happens. Oops, didn't work out. No, they're smarter than that, you know, <laughs> but right. uh, but yeah, that's that's what it is. And that was the basis of of my book is Welcome to the Future. Right. So how would. Um, like, what do you, what is your opinion on Trump's involvement if there if he is involved in Elon Musk? Because there's a lot of theories out there that they're somehow involved in this operation as well. Maybe, maybe not. This is stuff that you know people flip out about when you make claims because you know uh, where's the sauce. Yeah. But it's there. I don't it doesn't matter anymore. Let's talk about it. You know. Yeah the the Federation and the U.S. Navy approached Trump to run for president, and he agreed. Right. So they were, he's working with them. So Trump isn't necessarily responsible for the operation. He's just being agreeable with them. And it's a military operation. And the same goes for Elon Musk. Elon Musk has companies that produce advanced technology and the Federation under binding, I'll emphasize this, binding strict agreements, Elon Musk is given uh, plans to manufacture uh, advanced extraterrestrial technology. So he, in, in accordance with our military, he has military contracts. So, uh, so yeah, they both they both work with the military. So they're not. Should we idolize them? You know, no. <laughs> they're not saving the world individually. They have a big um, power source behind them. And a, a lot of hints to this so that people aren't like, you know, Megan, you're full of BS, which <laughs> that happens. But Elon regularly tweets letter 17 comms. Like a lot of people aren't familiar with the letter 17 and the sayings and, and stuff, but he, he regularly tweets uh, letter 17 comms, which is the U.S. Navy. Interesting. Yeah. And he does. I've noticed a lot of his uh, tweets or comms or cryptic or even blatantly like in your face. And he's like, I don't know how many times he's told people that he's an alien. I don't think he's lying about that. I think I think he's from Venus personally, but I can't prove that. Um, 
I also think Gary McKinnon, the guy who hacked uh, the NASA servant 2002, I think he's from Venus as well. And obviously we know Nikola Tesla was. So Venus seems to be involved a lot as well. Uh, do you have any insight on that? I know that the Federation has outposts in Venus, and it's possible that there's envoy programs that are located on Venus, like beings, actually, it is not, I know it's possible, or I know this exists, that there's um, sections of extraterrestrials from Venus that have incarnated here, and they're part of the envoy program. And, and so, but, um, yeah, no, that was my thought. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Elon Musk? You think that he is an ET? Like, like, genetically, like, has the DNA, obviously. I think it's possible. I don't know for sure, but I think it's possible. I think I, it's highly, you know, the thing with um, hybrid DNA too, um, they change the way we all have the reptilian brain and some of the hybrids, their reptilian brain, they're less likely to get stuck in the reptilian brain because they have different genetics that allow them to use larger parts of the brain so they can it's easier sometimes to think from a higher consciousness perspective. And I'm not saying that's the case with Elon Musk, um, but it's 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 possible, yeah, that he has extraterrestrial DNA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or he at least wants to be one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he said it so much that I just, you know, Occam's razor. I just, what if he's just straight up telling you, this is like anything. You can show somebody a photo of an ET and they're just going to be like, oh, that's fake. But like, they're like, no, I'm telling you, this is a real alien, you know, but no one's going to believe it because of our programming. Um, yeah. Right. You know, and they're like, oh, you know, the truth doesn't appear that way. I'm like, actually, that's exactly what it would look like. A photograph of an alien is not going to look any different than a photograph of an alien or a human. I mean, an animal or a human or anything else. It's going to be a clear photo. You know, people think it's supposed to be some blurry thing, you know, that leaks through some crack somewhere. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's like lots of us. So. What did you say, Aaron? It's like too good to be true when people see certain is like oh that has to be fake because it's too good to be true right it's exactly so like you, you could like they could be walking you could see it with your own eyes and they'd be like oh it's a hologram or you know yeah, or right it's or whatever they, they'll make up something because they can't they they don't want to believe it because of reasons and programming I was going to say this too you asked why people don't believe in the letter 17 or why it's it's bs right but it's because that was also infiltrated. So that, so if the letter 17 is the U S Navy and the galactic Federation of worlds, who is the opposite of that? Who needs to infiltrate that? And it's the three letter agencies. So they'll start. So when that came online, they started like, for example, soap opera drama, that's a sign that it's a, a psychological operation or an infiltration. Like Diana is really, Princess Diana is really married to Donald Trump and she's at the White House and she's still alive. That kind of stuff is meant to discredit the actual intel in the intel drops. That doesn't have anything to do, it actually doesn't have anything to do with the letter 17 or the Navy at all when you really think about it. And I think also too, in the truther movement, so many people try to decode the posts and they're trying and maybe the decodes weren't accurate, 
but that doesn't mean that the intel wasn't accurate. It just means that we misinterpret it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's people interpreting and talking about the thing. It's not right. the thing itself. And I noticed exactly. I noticed that heavily with with the seventeen with the seventeen posts and, and movement is that you got you got the thing itself, and anyone can go and read the the drops and the posts and see. And it's like it's amazing when you just read it for what it is. Yeah. Uh, but then but then you've got all these people making predictions and interpreting it in certain ways. And and then everyone, so many people only see that and then they judge based on that and they go, oh, look, it's all BS. Yeah. I'm like, well, did you did you actually read the post? No. Yeah. Right. And OK, so you're judging it. You didn't even read the thing itself. You're just making judgments on what you're seeing with the community. And people talk. And a lot of the influencers who have made built their platform and their identity surrounding that operation mm -hmm. most of those influencers like some of them actually i know for a fact never even read the drops it's like they just jumped yeah. on the bandwagon and yeah. then this is where this is where it gets and i think that's probably by design but you know it's interesting um a few years back i think i forgot what channeled message i listened to um it talked about um the operation was infiltrated but they actually allowed it to happen so they can like keep your enemies closer and they were keeping tabs on them, whatever they knew who the infiltrators were. But after that, you know, you, you couldn't, some of the posts and some of the people who were being like tagged in Q drops and all this like cheerleader campaign type of stuff was actually the infiltrators. And then Daryl James, when he was told about the operation in 2005, way before it ever even happened, he was even told it will be infiltrated. And when they come back, it won't be them. And Right. So it's really interesting, like whether or not that's true or not, it's just something to consider and think about. Um, yeah. Right. But uh, what are your thoughts on SpaceX? Will they be involved in the rollout of like this new tech that we're going to see since Elon Musk is behind that? Yeah. Yeah. SpaceX, that's where Elon Musk is getting a lot of his, well, his, the advanced technology from the Federation. So SpaceX is helping to manufacture the Starfleet, the um, a bunch of spaceships to help us defend our planet. And actually, I posted this video not too long ago, um, commercial flights. So if people want to work on Mars or people want to work on the moon, then they have transportation from Earth to, um, to the moon or Earth to Mars. And People might think that that's weird because when I first heard that, I was like, that's so weird. You're trying to take me off my planet and you're evil. <laughs> but um, but think about it. When you live on a different planet, it's not it's not too strange to say, hey, I work at this outpost in the neighboring planet. I work, you know, over here. I just I work off planet and I come back and I come, you know, I come back and forth like that's not. That's not that strange. And so we can outsource, we can create a lot of jobs because um, it, when we do that too. So it's good for the economy as well. Mm -hmm. And it, and the argument would be, why, why don't they just use a jump room or a portal? But from, you know, just from what I've gathered from interviewing whistleblowers and uh, people who've been through those portals, they aren't actually good for your body. Biologically, they eventually affect you it's not secure first of all so are we going to give everyone access to open the portal so are they going to give us the code 
to open the portal to go through these facilities. Every single person, if you have 500 people working at a facility on Mars, are we going to give them all the code to this portal so that they can move back and forth? That's It's not secure. It's better to have a like an airline pilot where they can track and secure that information to transport people back and forth. And um, yeah, I don't think it it's good for your body to go back and forth through through portals either. So mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, so you mentioned in one of your videos, SpaceX will be the space version of Pan Am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, that was my friend um, Valnek who works for the Federation. That was his joke. But I suppose, you know, yes, it will. It's a good analogy where, um, and I posted, I forget the actual definition of Pan Am, but apparently it was like the biggest airline and it flew a bunch of international flights. And so SpaceX will be the space version of that. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, we had Mary Beaver on the show and she was like, you know, there's spaceports everywhere and they're actually on Google Maps. You just type in spaceports on Google Maps and I'm like, I was blown away. Some of them even say galactic spaceports, but the pin drop will be like in the middle of a mountain range or in the middle of a desert. Some of them are at, are at oh, actual, no. some of them are at little miniature airports. Some of them are at major airports and you just have to ask yourself like, what's going on here? Like, it, it was, I forgot which one was it's a just galactic spaceport, like right on Google Maps. And I feel yeah. like the infrastructure is there already. And when they finally decide to like flip the switch and roll this stuff out, they can just slowly be integrated, you know, into our awareness. Speaking of that, I wanted to ask you, what do you, what are your thoughts or what, what have you gotten for how it's going to look like with the, um, the rollout of this new technology or craft or uh, free energy or any of that, like have they told you, or do you know, or what is your thoughts on like how that's going to look with like the rollout of all that? I don't know the exact plans. I think that the Navy is in charge of how that's going to look. And I think, um, I think we have to make sure that we kick out the cabal or you know, <laughs> make sure that works out well, first. Obviously, yeah, that's, <laughs> that has to happen. That's step one. Um, which, is still in, which is still in process of happening. So, yeah, still in process of happening. Can't really do anything yet, right? I, I haven't really thought about it that much. I can say this: I think it will be done in a an official way, so that we don't all have to argue about it. You know, <laughs> and that will will really right. know. And I know this has to happen. So our technology has to be more advanced and then the ETs will see us as an equal society. Mm -hmm. And so then they can contact us because we won't be dependent on them for their advanced technology or see them as like, oh, you're so cool flying a ship. We'll have the ships too. And it will be seen more as equals. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. one of the Federation laws is that there, our technology has to be um com- comparable to theirs and so that's part of that's part of the letter 17 in the federation's um agreements is that we're going to help you graduate as a planet by giving you the technology and then you can um have a multi-planetary society interesting and that makes a lot of sense and that makes a lot of sense it's, it's going to be a so, so why would the 
why would the cabal or why would these evil people want to suppress the information about this advanced technology being produced? Because it keeps us small. It can, I don't think it can mess up the timeline at this point, but it can distract us from liberating ourselves from the cabal so that we can continue forward on that path. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So, it's, it's, um, right. it's solely in place to slow us down and distract us. And, you know, any, you know, some people do fall for it, take the bait and they'll, you know, sign up for the programming and the matrix, but uh, that's the game. You know, that's why you have to know yourself. Um, but I want to talk about the implants and Neuralink. Uh, you did a video on this recently. I thought it was excellent. Um, there's a lot of misunderstandings uh, myth and misinformation about these implants. Uh, they, some people think everything is negative. Every single one of them, no matter what, it's negative. We don't need them. Maybe that's true, but I think it, it could be used for good as well. Can you elaborate on that? Well, one point is if we're going to be a multi-planetary society, are we going to be traveling space using cell phones? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like... Where's the Wi-Fi in that? <laughs> and carrying like our little like 3D box phones. So that might be, I'm inferring, but that might be where Neuralink comes into play. Like if you need to go, if you have a job on Mars doing whatever you're doing and you live on Earth, are you going to take your cell phone to contact your family? You know, that kind of thing. So implants can be used for communication um, and I, I've wrote, I've talked about this on my channel and I wrote about it in my book, how I have an implant from the Federation to communicate with Valnek. And a lot of envoys were given, at least that are my age, I'll say from maybe the seventies onward, because this has been an experiment. So the Federation is always improving, right? Um, the, the envoy program is older than that. I think it started in the fifties, but the seventies onward, are the mind control technology on our planet trying to influence the brain waves, trying to get our minds to think in a certain way was affecting how the envoys brains were developing. And it made it harder for them to remember, not necessarily remember who they are on a different planet, but make the spiritual connection. And so they have put implants in envoys to just give a um, a little signal that's of a higher frequency, sort of when you hear your ears ringing, the brain waves can attune to that, or they'll try to attune to that if it's in if it's in the brain, right? So it was those were placed in forms of protection, and mind has the capability of communication. And you can't see it on an X-ray or anything like that. I mean, imagine if the secret space programs and the federations were putting implants in everyone that would show up on, you know, an MRI or something. People would be so freaked out. Right. <laughs> but but also right. because it, it would damage the brain because you'd have to do basically brain surgery in a 3D type way. These are higher density. So it's kind of if you imagine like a frequency that holds a shape. And then it goes in between the matter of the brain and it like clicks and links in. And it's kind of like um, the, the bad ETs cannot remove it because it's kind of um, encoded, if that makes sense. It's like a I, I don't know the right word for it, but it's a frequency that's encoded. And so um, and they can't they can't remove it. So it's used or for hack it. 
or hack it and or hack and, into it. Yeah. Or if they try to target you, the Federation will find out right away. But they put implants in their pilots to drive the ship and to merge with, with their consciousness. If you're not a pilot and you work for the Federation, you do have one for communication so that you can communicate with your coworkers or your family or, or whoever you choose to. So so they do use them and they're not, it's just technology. So it's not bad or it's not negative. It's just that's just how they do things, but it's a tool. So it's kind of like having a gun, like do guns kill people or do people kill people, you know? Mm -hmm. So right. it can be used right. for good things. Yeah. The, go ahead. I was just saying, I mean, negative groups can take advantage of um, that technology if they have access to that particular version or whatever it is. I don't know, but I think, I mean, I literally witnessed this. I, I, you can feel when some people are just tapped into something negative and you know, the, their poor soul, like they might not even understand that they're not truly in communication with an organic being. They might be talking to the, a three letter agency or whatever the case may be. And you can tell just by the fruits of their labor and some of the information that just doesn't resonate, you know? So that's where like the implants get really controversial, right? Because the three letter agencies like the CIA have partnered with the reptilians and the greys to put implants in people to be used as disinfo agents or just mind control slaves for whatever reason, but they'll put them in the brain. It's a different part of the brain than the Federation uses. The Federation implants, it's put in a conscious part of the brain where you can consciously um communicate using telepathy so you're consciously opening a channel closing the channel kind of like you would you know answer the phone close the phone it's a conscious thing the cia implants or gray implants or beings that work with the three-letter agencies they're put in the subconscious part of the brain they don't want you to know you have an implant <laughs> and right. they give you a program so this is your reality this is who are this is your perception and it's in the subconscious and we all know that our subconscious really creates our reality or really has a strong influence on our reality so if they can control the subconscious then they can control you and mm -hmm. um and so so yeah and the unfortunately where those implants are placed and how they place them, they cannot be removed by the Federation or they can't be removed by benevolent secret space programs. You can only, you know, overhaul or overthrow those agencies because they place them, the subconscious part of the brain uh, where they place them, they can't be removed without removing like chunks of brain tissue. It's, it's not safe to do. They would have to kill you. So, uh, and, and, the malevolent ETs, you know, they don't make implants and say, hey, you know, one day, maybe you won't need this, you know? Right. <laughs> Here's you, they own you. You are a slave. We're going to put this yeah. in you. It's going to be in there for the rest of your life. And, you know, whether you, you know, if you die, you die, but we're going to own you until then. The Federation, they can remove their implants themselves if you don't need it or if you decide you don't want it. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, I think it's very confusing for people out there. And there's a lot of, yeah. like I said earlier, just misinfo and whatever, maybe just not even misinfo, but yeah. just a misunderstanding of what's happening. Well, well, there's buzzwords that people get triggered. And there is a transhumanist agenda going on that the cabal in the dark is trying to implement. So a lot of people just hear implant 
and all they think of is that and they're like no that's all bad that stay away from that but they've and already been doing yes, it. Agree, been doing. you should be cautious about any any implants if someone's coming to you saying hey i want to get this implant you know <laughs> yeah absolutely you should not be like yeah let's do it you know but there are like you said like in your experience there are benevolent races that have this higher version of that technology that is that's protected from being hacked, that is actually used for good, doesn't infringe on your free will, it's not trying to control you or manipulate you. Um, that does exist, but unfortunately, because of the control system and the agendas, that's a big thing going on right now as well. So we're not trying to say it's all bad or it's all good. It's it's more complex than that. You know? Right. Like, I mean, it's weird that in the transhumanist agenda, they've already been, but they've already been using implants in people. Like this has been going on for so long. A long time. Yeah. They don't even really need implants to control people. No. They they control us by all of the indoctrinations, all of the programs, the mainstream news. They just they just put implants in big political figures or big players to help control people. I mean, have you ever seen someone lie so well, like Joe Biden saying that this is the best economy there's ever been? Like he genuinely right. probably believes that. Like, I don't think he thinks he's trying to deceive right. people. I really believe that he believes that. And, you know, you mean, you mean it believes that. Or whoever, whoever is playing Joe Biden right. at the time. Well, that's another thing like clones, right, right. they put implants in clones because they don't, the clone can't live 40 years and experience the same reality that the person that's being cloned has, right? So they have to download the a program on a chip and put it in the clone's brain so that they remember, you know, oh, I'm from the United States. Oh, I was a U.S. senator for 40 years. I made these deals. So they have some sort of perspective of who who they are, you know? Mm -hmm. And Avatar, remember how they put the chip and the military guy, I forget his name, but he was a clone and they put um, his consciousness on a, on a chip. And yeah, that's how they did it. Exactly. And there's tons of disclosure in that movie. Yep. You're talking about the second one. The uh, when they they kind of disclose that you know I, they take his consciousness and then they put it in the avatar body um, but he still has all the memories of his human body right that's exactly how it works yeah and that's ex that's exactly entirely possible it's not a theory i don't in my opinion um so where does space force come into play with all of this or uh, you know this is something when trump rolled it out the media went crazy they netflix immediately put out a show to make it a laughing stock you know uh they want to ridicule space force for some reason uh what are your thoughts on that well i think that there's i think space force was kind of going on before trump but he really just disclosed it or gave the name space force i don't know too much about the details i know they work closely with the u.s navy secret sp space program and they're kind of the public um like more public than the Navy. Of it. Um, yeah. But I know that it's similar, like they have access to bases on the moon. They're monitoring our satellites. They're also given the technology from the Federation so that those satellites are not hackable or not easily hacked and given um, like stuff to defend the planet or technology and ships to defend the planet. Um, so I don't... 
I don't know a whole lot about specifically like what Space Force is is doing exactly, but I know that they are they're involved with the whole operations. And I know too, um, Valnick told me the other day when we travel to different planets or take need to take a bunch of people and SpaceX is um taking people to Mars or to the moon or to wherever that um Space Force is gonna be involved, like they're like the airline pilot, so to speak. Um so it might be similar. Yeah, something like that. So my theory this is just a theory. I have no way of proving this, but I've wondered or thought that maybe Space Force was Solar Warden rebranded. Um, if if you know about Solar Warden, I mean they were like obviously then it's in the name. They were here protecting our airspace. So I wonder if it was if it just kind of got rolled over into Space Force, or it's something completely separate. I don't know. No, I agree with you. Solar Warden is like the public version of. Um, or Space Force is the public version of Solar Warden. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Because spa- I do know Space Force is in charge of like, they're like the police force around our planet. <laughs> right. The warden. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. exactly. That's correct. And then Radiant Guardian is just another thing associated with that. Or because there's Solar Solar Warden and there's Radiant Guardian, which is, I forget what the difference is, but they're. Radiant Guard, it, it's. I thought it was just called Guardian, but I want to make sure we're talking about the oh, same. I, I hear Radiant Guardian. Yeah, I've heard Radiant Guardian too. There's, yeah. I think that there's a specialized, um, there's like a specialized force. You know, they're training. Um, this will take a while. Vanek has told me this. It will take a long time to train these pilots to be, um, he calls them the best of the best, but advanced, like super advanced, kind of like they're training them like they would be Federation pilots. And so these got they're really, um, and they may use implants because that's how they interface with the ships. And to do that, it takes a lot of mental stamina. So your mind has to be really clear your subconscious, you can't be super traumatized with all these like MK Ultra alters or um, even stuff that you would go through being on planet Earth. So they use, um, he's told me this, they're, they're using um, like Tesla technology where they blast high frequencies um, while these pilots are learning and it helps undo the mental trauma so that their minds are more clear. And then they can create different neural links. And so to drive a ship the way the Federation does it, it's it takes a lot of mental stamina and it takes spiritual evolution. And that might be what the Guardian version of Space Force is, is the more advanced space fleet um, that are trained as fighter pilots. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so I want to talk about the technology just a little bit. You mentioned in one of your videos uh, the I guess a Federation craft, I don't know, has no windows, but it's transparent. You, from the inside, you can see out, but from the outside, you can't see in. Now, I've heard, I forget which whistleblower, I, I'm terrible with that, talk about this before. Um, that, yes, there is a, like, a, you can just flip a switch and all of a sudden you see right through the walls. And mm-hmm. and there is actual technology out there, uh, I thought in like popular science, where they have all these little cameras and like the roof of like a you know a stereotype or stereotype um prototype uh aircraft where it's all these little cameras actually create a 
image of outside. So it's actually not becoming transparent, but they can flip a switch and it look, it seems as if it's transparent based on all these like hundreds of little cameras. I think that's like an early model of that technology, but maybe you can elaborate on that or maybe I explained it well enough already. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So like you can't have a spaceship that has windows like that would be horrible. <laughs> like, what if the window broke? Like, it's just, it doesn't compute with shifting densities and stuff like that. Like, you just, like, glass is not going to work, right? But, um, so this is, like, any spaceship that they have, um, the station at the Federation, it, it looks like windows, but they're not really windows. And the windows are actually, the windows are from like your in some places are from like your feet all the way to the ceiling and the whole thing looks like a window which can kind of like be scary like it looks like you're going to fall out of the place but <laughs> um yeah. it's i don't know exactly how the technology works but it's not really a window it's sort of like a magnetic technology where it flips flips what's on the outside to the inside, if that makes sense. So it could be cameras, but I don't know if it's exactly, if it's exactly cameras. Right. But it's interesting. Um, these popular mechanics and popular science magazines, they show us all this tech, but it never goes past the magazine. If, if you notice, like I think these, they kind of use those to disclose and tell us what they're doing, but you'll, you'll see this amazing stuff they're like, wow, this is going to change the world. But then the next it stays magazine, buried. it stays buried in that magazine. Right. You, you never see it integrated into the infrastructure. Yeah, never comes out. Uh, but they're telling you it's a good place to monitor that type of stuff and to see what, what we're doing and what we're capable of. Um, the, uh, oh man, what was I going to say? Something about the transparency of the uh, windows or the, oh, that's what it was. So I heard that there's also like a transparent metal or an aluminum out there now um, yeah. that we, that we've actually achieved. So if, you know, we're a surface level, like discovering that aluminum can be transparent now, maybe that's what they're using as well. Some sort of material that's just transparent. It's not glass. They're to build these kinds of ships, like the ones that we'll use well, and the Federation ones. But Balnick has told me, um, that there's different elements that we don't have on Earth, and they go and get those materials from places like Venus or Mars, or the Federation can help us exchange throughout the galaxy to get those materials. That's part of the other problem why they've been able to keep us small and keep our technology um, crappy is because to make those kinds of ships, you need agreements with different beings in different parts of the galaxy. It's like a barter system. So I know the Federation uh, like assists with that, but it does. He did. He did say um, and tell me one time that they need different elements um, to build that kind of stuff. Now, uh, in your latest video or one of your latest videos, you were talking about space arcs, but not actually space arcs. Was that yeah. what we were talking about earlier? Those craft that they're going to take people to and from the moon and Mars? The big the big airliners, yes. That is Valnick's take on what the space arcs might be. Like, he knows that, you know, the, there's plans that SpaceX is making these big airliners to take a large amount of people off planet. But it's not because we need to be rescued, or it's not because an arc implies that it's like Noah's Ark and we need to be rescued from planet earth it's 
it's, and he was kind of joking at, at what we've been calling them, but, <laughs> um, yeah. but no, they're just large, large crafts like airliners to take people to different planets for travel and for work. Mm. And you mentioned that they're even like uh, building out hangars and stuff like on Mars and stuff like that for them. Yeah. Yeah. He showed me um, in Mars and like inside of Mars and it's like a door opens, but it doesn't open from the outside. Like you would open a door from your room. It goes in to the place like a garage door and then um, parking the ships almost like an airport. And it's huge. It's huge. And I remember Valnick said that it takes a while to build this kind of stuff. So be patient. Um, but um, but it's huge. And it looks a lot like an airport or like a hangar, like you would think it is different um, ships. And it's a facility there. Different yeah. bays. Yeah. And, and, and imagine it being sort of like I'm giving this um, analogy, kind of like a train station, you know, like you it's and also. Um, you know, people asked about portals or why can't you just go through a portal yourself? Well, it wouldn't be secure. They actually have a facility to transport and to, um, to transport people. Sure. Uh, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, why, why do they limit it to the moon and Mars? We know there's hundreds of planets, the life, the universe is teeming with life. And we know like the secret space programs and other factions, militaries, other entities are going way further out than the moon and Mars. Why are we just limited? Why do we only hear about the moon and Mars? Is that just because that's all we can handle at first, you know, before they disclose the rest or does the cabal not want us, you know, traveling? So, the rest of the galaxy will be more inclined to um, be friends with Terrans when we join the Galactic Federation of Worlds. So once we get to that point, once all this technology is produced and we're equals, then we'll be given the opportunity to join the Galactic Federation of Worlds. You know, the Galactic Federation is made up of lots of different races. So that's the goal for humans. And that was the goal with the letter 17, the U.S. Navy and the Federation is so that we can get to that place. And so when we do, then we can travel all over the place. I know Valnet specifically bringing up Mars is because that's where the most jobs, the Mars and Moon jobs are being created in the short term, if that makes sense. Okay. So I think we'll go, I think we'll go there first and then... Um, you know, spread our wings, whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's Mars has been in the collective consciousness for so long and yeah. there's already plans to get there. It only makes sense that that would be the first yeah. rollout. And, you know, for... and and we're not taking over the whole planet with Mars. The Federation has made agreements. There's reptilian like they're not Draco reptilians, but there's reptilian like beings on Mars who are indigenous to Mars. Mm -hmm. So the Federation does not go in they're not planetary invaders but they are peacemakers and peacekeepers and they use a barter system so these reptiloids or reptilian like beings they're not draco reptilians there's a difference they they have their section of mars and we have our section and we're all they're helping to make peace on mars because you know they've kicked the Draco reptilians out they've kicked a lot of the malevolent grays out well all of them and so now the Federation is really good at making peace with the indigenous beings and helping us all get along. And that's part of 
that's part of why Elon Musk or companies like his are are likely to work with the Federation is because the Federation has all of that knowledge in those tools. Right. And the indigenous reptilians on Mars, Rebecca Rose has an incredible testimony about time she spent with them on that on in the underground. Um, I guess uh, she got wounded or something in her memories and um, they took her in and kept her alive for a while. Daryl James encountered them as well. So it's interesting to hear you talking about them as well. Uh, just yeah. this corroboration. And uh, when we when we talk about the greys, you know, there's this whole theory that all the greys are gone, you know, and I disagree with that because people are still having experiences with greys. Laura Van Tyne is a friend of ours. She literally has a gray on security footage that they caught on camera. She showed us this is like, no one knows it, but it's like, if they're gone, like how are people catching this stuff? Uh, Samuel right. Chong, uh, he just shared us a story. His friend had an experience with what she would call benevolent gray. It proved to her that they're not all evil. It was a very beautiful experience. What are your thoughts There's on different that? Different types. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different types. There's like more benevolent ones of a really high density, like 70 and above. The Orion Council, the Council of Five, they're all technically what we would call greys. Um, and they're beautiful and have helped with um, the starseed programs. And they're like the master geneticists um, and are revered by the Federation for that. And I think or I know that the malevolent, like the Orion Greys, the invaders, the Nebu were kicked out by the Federation, but they have what's happened is a lot of agencies have genetics and they've had have worked with hybrids. Mm -hmm. And we really wouldn't know the difference between a hybrid gray or a gray that was created on planet Earth and the Nebu or the Orion Greys. They probably look really similar, right? Um, so because the Federation, they kick out planetary invaders, it's not their job to kick out these guys, the hybrids that were created on planet Earth, because technically this is their home. So they're not going to say, hey, you can't live on your home anymore. or We're going to kill you because you didn't invade the planet. You were just created here. So it's the military or the U.S. military's job to get rid of those beings. And I think that they are mostly gone. I think a lot of what we see is like three-letter agency stuff, and they might have some of those players still working, like those hybrids. But you also have to remember, like, there's so many portals on planet Earth that they can come back in between, but the Federation will still consider the war over. It's just little pockets here and there that they take care of so yes. so to say like that they're all of the extraterrestrials are completely gone from planet earth all of the grays are completely gone you know this is war so there's like two steps forward one step back you know three steps forward two steps back so that's kind of like my perspective yeah. on it and things change in the fog of war. Yeah. And I agree with you 100% about the hybrids. You know, there's the breeding programs and then there's the portals. Um, there's these, you know, they can portal into a base that we don't even know exists because it's completely cloaked in the middle of a jungle somewhere. Like you just don't know what it would look like. There's going to be all these little rogue operations. It, it's not just black and white. Like, okay, they're gone. We can celebrate. Obviously look around, you know, we're not quite there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, say something while I clear my throat. 
to add to that. <laughs> well, the, there is good grays, right? Or benevolent grays. And actually, I want to make this point. Um, even the dra- this, I'm going to like eat my, I can feel myself cringing saying this, but from a pers- the Draco reptilians, are they bad or are they just a predator to us? Like if you're a horse, right? And you are being chased by a coyote. Is the coyote bad? And is the horse good? Or is this just part of life? And it's just part of nature's law kind of thing. Does that make sense? So yeah. I think it, it, it's kind of a, a human ego perspective. Although I do think the Dracos are evil, but that's just a different way to think about it. <laughs> it is all perspective. Like if you ask them what they think, they're going to give you an entirely different story. They might even be convincing. And I want to go back to you said, were you referring to that the Greys think this is their home? Is that what you said earlier? They probably, the invaders, they probably would say something like that, but the hybrids that were created using genetics from the grays or the hybrids that our three letter agency friends have made. Um, and those, those guys were created here. They're not, they don't have a home to go to. Right. So the Federation isn't going to kick them out or employ their military services to say, Hey, you have to leave because this is their home. But our military can say, Hey, you're a threat to us and we're going to kill you. You know, whatever. Right. And like, you know, the whole aliens playing God thing. I think this has gone back to the beginning of time and all these demigods that, you know, that the uh, lower evolved primitive species on the planet, they thought were gods because they didn't know any better. Right. Um, we still kind of see that happening now. Would you agree? Like that's where we're at. They still think that they're gods. They still think that they have this power that they don't really have. And that's kind of where the battle lies within. Like it's a power struggle. Yeah, I think they want want to make us believe that so that we give our power away and consent to that, you know, because we can help if they can. This is like how black magic works. If they can twist the truth and distort the truth to get us to consent or to be agreeable to them being our enslavers, then it helps perpetuate that in the reality. So and. So yeah, that's I, I don't know. I'm I'm sure that they they regard themselves as gods of humans, <laughs> but they are not. <laughs> they are not. Yeah, but they're not. And any my opinion, any extraterrestrial that is gonna call themselves a god or say, hey, I have something that's gonna help you ascend is not a spiritually evolved being because the spiritually evolved beings know how powerful you are and know that you can transcend anything. And they want to encourage you to look inward and to gain that sovereignty and freedom within yourself. That's the entire point of the Starseed Envoy program is tuning into those spiritual practices and that spiritually evolved side of yourself and helping the humans regain their freedom. And so to say that there is an extraterrestrial that's going to help you ascend is kind of laughable to the benevolent side of the galaxy because, you know. Right. It's a natural thing. It's a natural process. And we, yeah, exactly. It's very deceptive. um, And it sounds appealing when somebody's, because we're all like looking like we went out, right? Get me out of here. So when somebody comes to you and say, hey, I can give you this and it will help you ascend faster. 
um, well, that's just, that's just like giving a musician a contract for like this awesome record deal, but simultaneously they're selling their soul. You right. know, they're, they're giving yeah. away all their rights and their sovereignty. And the reason I think that information mm -hmm. is in the UFO community is because star seeds or envoys are going to be drawn to extraterrestrial information, right? And what better way to take them off their path than to give... To, get them to consent to give their freedom away and say, hey, the ETs are coming back. You're going to get an out. We know this is harder than you thought, and we're going to help you. Mm -hmm. And But the benevolent ETs believe how strong you are and know that you don't, your soul doesn't need help to wake up or help to um, realize itself mm -hmm. in then, that way. Exactly. And that's kind of where universal law comes in as yeah. well, which you've done amazing videos with Dr. Charnel. I think maybe a three-part series on that. You've even done a video on your own channel about it. Um, but universal law, like, is like, can you just explain like your basic concept of like how this operates? You basically explained it already. Like there's a natural process to anything, but um, yeah. for those who might not be aware. Well, universal law is a set of principles and it's how energy works and how the universe works or energy in the universe works. But, and the reason we call it law is because they do not change. They're principles that do not change. And so it's kind of a spiritual perspective where we are all part of creation. We are all part of one consciousness. We all are equal. We all have free will to realize ourselves. And this is the basic spiritual principles that Valnet's race and races from the Federation subscribe to. So that's another thing when it comes to contact is they're waiting for us to learn all of this. <laughs> and they're not going to interfere with our spiritual evolution because that interferes with our free will. And our, it, it, if someone comes and wakes you up and turns the light on, is that spiritually evolving or is that you realizing yourself or is that someone controlling you? Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, and it takes away your free will because you have a choice to ascend. You have a choice to evolve. And that's really what got us into this mess is bending free will, right? So they're right. not, going, they're not going to mess with our free will. If Aaron says, you know, I don't want to do anything with my life. I'm just going to sit on the couch all day and whatever, be a troll online and you know, be miserable, then that's his right. And they're not going to interfere with it. Even if his higher self came to do something much different, mm -hmm. right? That's his choice once he got here. And I think the envoys who subconsciously really remember what it was like to be at home, know that this is hard. It's harder than they thought. And so there's a deception of, hey, we're going to make it easier for you and take you off of your life path or try to deceive you and make you agree to take you to take yourself off your life path if that makes sense it makes perfect sense and yeah karma also falls under universal law and that's what i think we're seeing right now is a lot of people like we can't it's not our responsibility to interfere with someone else's karma we don't know what type of karmic debt they have from past lives or whatever whatever the case is uh, so yeah. a lot of the stuff that we're seeing right now that might look negative might also be in place so those people can learn their lessons and pay off their karma what are your thoughts on that right. well i think 
I think too, there's a lot of And so Wait, say that again. You froze for a second. You froze. Oh You're man, you get me. <laughs> No, I said there's a lot of people here ha that have past life karma from the Orion Wars. And I feel what we're seeing a lot of is karma from that. A lot of people are afraid of being captured, being enslaved, being murdered by dark forces and are coming here to help heal that aspect, if that makes sense. And so I feel subconsciously too, there's a lot of fear of star seeds or envoys have a lot of fear of being controlled because maybe they've done missions in past lifetimes where they were deceived and they were controlled. And so a lot of that is clearing. A lot of that energy is, is clearing, you know? So I think a, a past life stuff does have a lot to do with uh, what we're seeing now too. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree with that. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Any current updates you've gotten from Belknap or anything that you'd like to close with? Or um, <laughs> you know, he always says, "Do not consent to fear. Fear is a choice." Uh, so, so I'll end with that. I agree with that. Um, but no, thank you for having me. Yeah, this was amazing. Can you let people know how to follow yeah. you and where they can yeah. find you? Uh, I have a YouTube channel, Megan Rose, and then my book, Welcome to the Future, is on Amazon, and then. I'm also on Patreon. I do like live Q and A's and live soul coaching and meditations and stuff on my Patreon channel as well. So, and so, yeah. Telegram. And Telegram. I'm always on Telegram. <laughs> right. I was going to say that's like mainly where I follow you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, guys, go check out her information, check out her website, check out her Telegram. Um, she's doing some amazing work. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. Guys, if you feel compelled to join us at the conference, tickets are still available. We'd love to see you out there. You can find all the info you need at journeytotruthcon.com. This is actually the shirt. This is, um, this is the first conference shirt. Uh, we're going to be selling these at the event. I just got them in. I'm excited about that. So uh, anyway, look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, Megan. This was amazing. Uh, until next time, guys, have a great evening. We love you and good night. There was a CIA director named William Colby, who in the 1980s said, we'll know our disinformation campaigns are successful when everything the American people believe is fake. When we realize how powerful we are when we set our intentions and we realize that we aren't just this, we are just these multi-dimensional light beings and time is an illusion and you know, it's everything's a perception then you can go forward and backwards and, and embody it and just pop out and go and do this work. You can do amazing things when we set the right intentions to do it. And I said, this is this is us on this plane. You know, like, this, that's what this is. We're going to the moon. And you say, this thing is a lot older than you think it is. And we've been going to the moon a long time. But I wrote on it. I knew that we went to the moon. And so I always knew there was a base on the moon from a young age. And our DNA is a complex recording system of the history of the entire universe the history you know of, of everything that not just this timeline that we know but multiple timelines of reality there are a total of nine different categories of planets uh, in the universe 
Uh, we people on Earth, we are living on a category one planet, like elementary school students, and the Theobans, they are living on a category nine planet, like、uh, college professors. So they have been really guiding us throughout history. Tilcom let us know that this facility under the Sandia Mountain is considered an information station for interstellar travelers coming to the planet. They tell us that their facility was retrofitted into the ancient tunnel system that already existed. And as far as the bending the space-time continuum. I've had something like that happen, and what seemed like about a five-minute encounter has been four and a half hours of missing time, and I was completely conscious. And when you're dealing with a Type Three, Type Four, Type Five civilizations that can work with the different coexisting timelines, all bets are off, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time we have Bigfoot activity out there, we're having ETs and orbs and stuff like that. We have a lot of the stuff documented. As a matter of fact,、um, I'm a member of three different teams, and I work with people from all over the country, out in the field. And、um, we actually have documented a portal, something that we consider to be a portal、um, opening, and we sent two of our team members inside of it. Really? It disappeared, and then. Came back out. I would suggest that we take it one step further and say humanity has never known who we are. We've always been in the thought control matrix. And one step further, perhaps we could say that we are in a conscious, consciously controlled state of hypnosis. In other words, are the thought control matrix creators constantly bombarding us with frequencies that keep us from being telepathic, that keep us from remembering who we are? The thought control matrix was set up, and we have never known our potential, our power, our、yeah. beauty, our, our our incredible connection. It makes no sense at all. There is no reason for it other than the programming that we've received for generations, because it's all about order. It's all about listen to listen to your elders, listen to the teachers, listen to the adults, listen, listen, listen. And what that does is it it dims the light of the child. And it makes them feel like they don't have a voice. And why that's designed that way by the dark side, and that's in the system, is so that they grow up and they just listen to, and they do what they're told, and they're good little boys and good little girls, and they lose their sense of self. They lose their north, their true north.、Yeah. So many adults are walking around in the, in this world, they don't know who they are. So the planet itself is now beginning to split. It's beginning to divide again into a higher vibrational Earth and a lower vibrational Earth. And the race of man is dividing with it, and we're becoming less and less aware of one another. And over time, what will happen? And I don't know how long this will be. One world will have all higher vibrational beings on it, and the other one will all be third-dimensional beings, and we will not perceive each other anymore.